You are listening to I Doubt It with me, your host, Jesse Dolliman, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. Right then, I guess we'll start since everybody is ready to go. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is I Doubt It. I'm Jesse Dollimore. Across this is like robotic every time. It's every time Brittany Page sitting across from me. Hello. That's my best <laughs> robot voice. <laughs> As I was saying, across from me is my lovely co-host. Brittany Page. Good thing you repeated it because no one understood what you were saying when you said it in your robotic voice. Well, because a robot voice is not an impression. It's just... I didn't... Anyway, let's continue. By the way, just so you understand how radio and podcasts work, no one can see you hating me. Oh, okay. The hatred that I can witness happening, mm -hmm. no one else can see that. Okay. So that was apparently just for me. <laughs> They can feel it. <laughs> they know. Right, right. Well, everybody, like I said, welcome to the show. We appreciate your patronage, your listenership, and your subscription to our humble yet labor of love. I and, doubt it. And your likes and your reviews and ratings. On yeah, ab absolutely. Um, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Definitely take five seconds out of your day to click one of the five stars to rate us on iTunes. Not one of them. Well, the the number the number 5 star would be the the choice the choice star would be that would be the one we'd like you to pick. Yes. Uh help spread the word. Tell a friend about the amazing thing that is happening here. It's we, so amazing. We're changing next week I really hope to cure cancer. Oh that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's the goal. You have notes here on how to do that. <laughs> so tune in. Tune in to next episode. Because we're going to cure cancer. Get at us via the phone. Telephonic communications. 657-464-7609 is our number. We would certainly love to hear from you. What's uh, other than all that shameless self-promotion, what's been going on? Um, earthquake. Oh, yeah. Probably the, the most notable thing is the earthquake that happened this weekend. The mighty 5.1 of 2014. We don't get good strong ones very often at least since i've lived here in the five years or how long have i lived here i don't know this one was pretty close yeah it was pretty it was pretty close and it was pretty big we were painting while it happened and it's kind of funny not, seeing not painting a house we were painting, painting pictures a, on a canvas in a establishment where they serve wine and you can paint and it's really fun and everyone there were probably like 30 people in the building and we were just kind of waiting to see what everyone was doing and I find it very funny the there's a wide range of reactions when an earthquake is taking place and all of them were kind of shown it while we were doing this you've got your people who immediately start running for the door you've got your confused looking around what 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 the hell's going on you've got uh your people who are, they're not moving. I'm one of them. I'm not. I'm not moving. I'm not running. I, it might be my naivete, but I'm just not getting up. Maybe it's because I'm dumb. 
I didn't either. I just kind of, I wait to see what other people are going to do. And then I'm also kind of waiting to see how strong it is. And when you see the lights moving, that's not too serious. It took a long time. This one was a long... Yeah, it was going for quite a while. Um, it's not the worst one I've been in, but even in the ones that are worse than that one, I still just kind of wait to see what's going to happen. Light swing, that's not too serious. If something falls down, then I'm a little more panicked, and then maybe I'll get up and move. But <laughs> my, my favorite, my favorite person is the one who gets up, starting to bolt for the door, and then realizes after having looked around, no one else is running for the door. So then they they kind of sl- stop and. Maybe look at their hands or their oh, hands. yeah. They kind of slowly, with their head down in shame, walk uh, back I to was their just seat. On my way to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I just needed to stretch my legs. Yeah, <sighs> it's when I had my first experience with an earthquake. I just didn't know what to do, and I just kind of sat there while my family ran out of the house, and I was sitting in my room wondering what I was supposed to do while everyone was outside safely. Well, there's definitely different. Well, recently there was the the earthquake um, up near north of Hollywood, Glendale, or wherever it was. Yeah. With everybody's seen the the <laughs> the clip of the Fox News or the Fox Network here in L.A. the the dude and the chick getting under the desk and <laughs> all weird, very funny. I thought I'll we'll post it on the Facebook page. Let me write that down. <laughs> But he made a very funny face when he felt it coming on. His eyes got all big, and he's like, oh, oh, it's an earthquake. And then they jumped under the table, and it was not that major. If you've ever and... seen a David Blaine magic special where he's in New Orleans, and he's showing a magic, and people are running blocks away because they're just, they know the devil's there. There was one time where he was in the Dallas Cowboy locker room, and Emmett Smith and Deion Sanders acted like he really was doing magic, like it was the devil. <laughs> anyway, that's what this guy, the Fox reporter, looked like when he jumped under his desk. He looked like he was watching David Blaine do magic. Yeah, and I mean, I, at least they're doing the safe thing, I guess, but it's kind of funny to watch people well, be nerds. You know, there's different, there's definitely different reactions that you should have. I, I think we were in, the, in a one-story, we were feet from the door. yeah. But you had an earthquake at Cal State yeah. when you were on the ninth floor, yeah. and that's a lot more scary. Yeah. The, you could feel the building shaking. Swaying and, back and forth. Yeah, because you're higher up, and you can just feel that it's a little looser and not as stable as you want it to be. The lights were moving, and you know it's kind of creaking, and that was that was a little frightening. It just felt like the building was going to tip over. <laughs> well, so anyway, we're, I am uh, not a Californian, so not versed in the art of escape. And I'll probably go down with the building. It's probably what's going to happen. And, that, and that, you know, that's okay. If that's my fate, at least I went out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, we'll probably just sleep through a serious earthquake. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised by that. Wake up in shambles. Well, I probably won't be sleeping. I'll be... Uh, Watching one of my many, you know, many infomercial. You know, I watch the channels at night that at about 2.30 or 3, they switch from the terrible programming that they have to... Chef Tony Knives. To Chef Tony Knives. Oh, I love that infomercial. <laughs> it can cut everything. Yeah, there are many, many infomercials. Some of them, well, I used to get sucked into them. 
never really the Chef Tony Knives, more... Well, something's wrong with you then. No, set it and forget it. Even back in the in the 90s, there was Ginzu and all the bullshit knives that'll cut through pennies and, and you know. There's just something about Chef Tony, though. But some of the networks that I watch, we're really going off track here. Some, some of the networks that I watch are, you know, the ones that used to be reputable. Obviously, I watch the news, which... That's arguable whether CNN and Fox News and MSNBC are reputable anymore. But I'm not talking about those letter networks. I'm talking about letter networks like TLC, um, well, HLN to a degree. We just talked about them the other day. Um, History Channel. You would think that those networks were immune from terrible, shitty programming, but, you know, they're not. Um, TLC is what that stands for, for those of you who think it's the Honey Boo Boo Network, uh, or Kate and Eight make dates, or whatever. Kate plus Eight, or something. John and Kate. John and Kate plus Eight. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so when before it became terrible, terrible reality TV, that was the Learning Channel, and it was the Learning Channel. It it had great programming, like Trading Spaces. Now it's the six hundred pound man gets married. It's. And uh, sister wives. No, I don't think trading was trading spaces on this on on TLC, or wasn't that on like DIY or HGTV? Anyway, goddamn, see, we're doing this again. So anyway, TLC used to be something of worth, something of merit, and HLN clearly used to be something of worth and headline news. Um, Hist- H two was just kind of like History Channel two, the other History Channel, and it's now H two, and it's full of, it's full of. Ancient aliens and all kinds of wacky, subversive U- UFO bullshit. Nothing having to do with history or science or real, credible programming. And you've got HLN, Headline News, like we talked about the other day, putting up psychics to talk about where they think the Malaysian Flight 370 landed or crashed or went or what happened to it. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Very embarrassing. They've gone... They, they've, done, they've, they've effectively done the same thing that KFC, Kentucky Fried Chicken, did, except for the exact opposite reason. KFC is running from fried in their name, Kentucky Fried Chicken, because that's, that's scary to Americans who are already fat enough and they don't want to get fatter. So they've just, oh, now we're KFC, we're hipper, we're cooler. Well, HLN and H2 and TLC, they've done the same exact thing but for an opposite reason. They're running away from, from a sterling reputation, and they're running away from smart programming. They're running away from the things that are positive in their name, learning, news, history, and they're running to H2, HLN, TLC. And kind of dumbing down their programming to fit with what... Absolutely. It's culturally dumbing down. They're, yeah. they're dumbing themselves down to kind of match what's culturally out there right now. Yeah, what's popular, what's accepted, what's going to get them the most viewers. Appealing to that lowest common denominator that we've talked about so much. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there's a, there's a, I don't want to talk about the culture war that Bill O'Reilly's always running his suck about, but... Culturally, there there is some divergent attitudes and, and beliefs that are going very prevalent right now. And in fact, right now, 
there's a very big movement, a lot of talk about what is being referred to as rape culture in our society. And it's wacky. Yeah. There's a, there's a character named... Um, Jessica Valenti. Jessica Valenti. That's exactly right. She's a, an outspoken blogger, a feminist blogger. And I, I, we're going to talk about rape culture, but I want to let her, in her own words, explain exactly what she thinks rape culture is. Rape culture um, is a, a system of, of policies, pop culture, institutions, um, just kind of the world around us that, whether kind of implicitly or explicitly, condones um, sexual assaults. Um, and that may be through a victim-blaming headline that suggests, you know, a woman shouldn't have been drinking or shouldn't have been, been out. Um, or maybe it's a school policy that doesn't go far enough to, to punish sexual abusers. That's all part of rape culture. So there was an article that was in uh, on time.com, and it was written by Caroline Kitchens. And this Jessica Valenti, who you just heard in that clip, was mentioned in this this article. And Jessica Valenti is quoted as saying that rape is as American as apple pie. The article goes on to say that she and her sisters in arms describe our society as a rape culture, where violence against women is so normal, it's almost invisible. Films, magazines, fashion, books, music, humor, even Barbie, according to the activists, cooperate in conveying the message that women are there to be used, abused, and exploited. Recently, rape culture theory has migrated from the lonely corners of the feminist blogosphere into the mainstream. In January, the White House asserted that we need to combat campus rape by, quote, changing a culture of passivity and tolerance in this country, which too often allows this type of violence to persist. I'm kind of confused by the idea of a rape culture because tolerance? Is our society tolerant of rape? I don't think that... 21st century America has a rape culture problem. Maybe back in more traditional times where we women were really subjugated and property. Yeah. And they they didn't have as many rights. Maybe back then, but we're rapidly becoming less traditional. Even you know, even back then, I wouldn't say it was a culture of rape. I would say because it was still it was still looked at with disapproving eyes for sure and it's only grown i feel like so to say that we have a culture of rape well rape is viewed as a serious crime and it's condemned by the majority of both men and women alike it's not (laughs) listen rape is not just looked down upon by the civilized in our society if you're a rapist if you're if you commit child molestation or rape when you go to prison when you're convicted you're put in 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 uh, protective custody because even the lowest among us even our violent criminals look upon rapists with a certain level of disdain so much so that they have to be put into protective custody so they're not killed that's how our society look even the lowest among us look poorly upon rape yeah and I think it's interesting what what's happening with these women who are spreading this idea of a rape culture that 
you know, on college campuses, obsession with eliminating this rape culture has led to censorship. At Boston University, student activists launched a petition demanding the cancellation of a Robin Thicke concert because Blurred Lines is uh, allegedly celebrating systematic patriarchy and sexual oppression. Well, look, I think that there is something to be... I don't know, outraged is the word, but there's something to be bothered about relative to that video in the song. It's, you know, it's, it was, it's definitely a bunch of naked women running around, and that's something that I would get feminists in an uproar. But I don't think that that particular video points to acceptance or tolerance of rape. Well, it's kind of what this article says, that the lyrics may not be pleasant to many women, but the song lyrics don't turn men into rapists, and that this song has been banned at several universities. And that's just, I mean, as a woman... It's no different than burning books. As a woman, to me, I don't need to be handled with kid gloves, and I don't need to be protected from a song. I don't need it to be banned because of this video and what it says in the song. I can handle it. And the song can be out there. <laughs> right, right. And if I don't want to watch the video, I don't watch the video. And if I don't want to hear the song, I don't hear the song. I don't buy the song. Does I think they might have different stereos and radios than you. <laughs> I don't think they have an off or a volume button on that. I think whatever's playing, they just have to listen to no matter what. So, Yeah, I'm not sure. You need to check your privilege because you might, <laughs> you might have a radio that's more advanced than them. Maybe they just don't have money for the type of radio with an off button. That yes, you have. it's probably it's probably that. <laughs> so also, you know, along the same lines of this cens- censorship issue, activists at Wesley recently demanded that administrators remove a statue of a sleepwalking man. Oh be- yeah, this this one is absolutely ridiculous. Because the image of a nearly m- naked man could trigger memories of sexual assault for victims. So I, I don't I don't see the logic there at all. I don't see that a sleepwalking. I don't. See, well, then why do they? Why do they admit men? Period. Because a male professor, a male student, could also trigger those memories. Well, they also said he. This statue was a nearly naked male. Okay. So I still. don't. I don't know what that. Hey, don't visit uh, Athens, and don't visit Rome anytime soon because Michelangelo, he. Uh, he likes the naked male form, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's kind of, and that's what they, in the first paragraph, when they go on to describe what rape culture is, and they talk about it being magazines and fashion and humor, you know, art is what you just talked about. So is art, is, you can't have art now because it's offensive? and They're, they're going to take the same line from the Supreme Court justice who said that, he can't define pornography, but he knows it when he sees it. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't wash. Yeah. So what happens to people who deny that rape culture is a thing and bring up these examples of hysteria and censorship and false accusations of rape that do happen? They're called rape denialists and rape apologists. Yeah, it's... It's an amazing thing because it's this same flavor of wild liberal. And I'm going to say this, and in full disclosure, I am also against the death penalty. But it's this same flavor of liberal who doesn't want the death penalty. And for what reason? Well, because so many people are wrongly accused and wrongly convicted of murder. 
well, if there's this, if people are out there just willy nilly getting convicted of murder and being sentenced to death all over the place, how is it so easy to be convicted of murder and not so easy to be convicted of, of rape wrongly? I mean, that's to question whether someone's telling the truth or not is that's part of the justice system. They have to vet their claim. They have to prove beyond a, a shadow of a doubt, a reasonable doubt that someone is guilty. And it almost feels like these activists, if you even dare to suggest that false accusations occur, you engage in victim blaming is what it's called. Well, and I think there's a fine line there. There's a lot of like, for instance, the Steubenville case when in Ohio, when the young girl, for those of you who don't know, there was a young girl who got hammered at a party, uh, super, super, super drunk, and she was raped by two football players. They took pictures, and they tweeted all these pictures out, and it was shameful, terrible, horrible, and they deserved every fucking year of prison that they were, that they were sentenced to, every single bit. Um, and there was... A, I don't know if it was a systematic effort to exonerate them or not, not to exonerate them, but to, to not bring them to justice, to, to not bring the light to, to, to not bring the rape to the light of day. And that's a bummer. And that, but that I believe is an isolated incident. It's not a societal norm because what happened when we found out about it, our society attacked them. I don't know. I, I, it was all over the news. Yes. It was all over the news. Everyone was outraged. They were playing the videos of the Shocked girl. and outraged. There were tweets. I mean, of course, there were people that are uneducated, just re- want to get a reaction out of people that are hateful, that were saying things that they shouldn't have been saying. Yeah, they're, not the nor- they're not the norm among us. They're, exactly. They're the they're minority. The fringe. They're the fringe weirdos and freaks. They're freaks. That's the insult I'm trying to bring back, everybody. Brittany is trying to bring single-handedly bring freak back. But now, like, oh, that guy's kind of a freak. She ate, oh, what a freak. Yeah. Intense freak. So now these activists are going to have a little more trouble just dismissing people who say that rape culture isn't a thing because Rain, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. You can- Again, a very reputable organization that's doing very good work. They're the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization and one of America's 100 best charities by Worth magazine. And they are the leading voice for sexual assault victim advocacy. And they recently gave a recommendation to the White House task force to protect students from sexual assault. And their statement says... In the last few years, there has been an unfortunate trend towards blaming rape culture for the extensive problem of sexual violence on campus. While it is helpful to point out the systematic barriers to addressing the problem, it is important not to lose sight of a simple fact. Rape is caused not by cultural factors, but by the conscious decisions of a small percentage of the community to commit a violent crime. You know... It's an odd thing that this rape culture, and we'll get into this in another episode, but it's kind of akin to the same, the people who say, oh, it's slut shaming, slut, these buzzwords that are just fucking useless and worthless in our society because all they do is polarize the issue so much that no one takes it seriously. And rape is a problem. It's, it's, a, it's a crime. But to say that we have a rape culture, to, a lot of these people will say that if you question whether someone's telling the truth, that's rape culture. If you tell a woman, hey, don't, 
don't leave your drink unattended in a bar because someone might ply you with roofies. That's rape culture. Don't tell a woman, hey, don't, you might not want to dress that way because you're going to be bringing unwanted attention by bad peep from bad people. They say that's rape culture. I don't look at it that way. I, you know, um, when a tourist go, goes out and you're going to go to whatever city and you, if I tell them, hey, don't let that money hang out of your back pocket. Don't let your wallet show. Um, don't, don't exhibit these certain behaviors because you might get pickpocketed. You might get pickpocketed. That's not pickpocket culture. That's common sense. If Brittany was to walk, be having to be down, down in LA, I would tell her, hey, Try to stay away from Compton at 2 in the morning if you're going to be walking around because you might get murdered. That's not murder culture. We don't have a murder culture in our country. That's fucking common sense. Well, even just walking around on Hollywood Boulevard. Exactly. Uh, when I hold my purse, I make sure my purse is zipped. I make sure it's under my arm. I make sure that I'm not making myself a target for crime. That's, and a, that's theft culture. What are you doing? Yeah, it's not because of... You're contributing to theft culture. There's a small portion of people that when I go out into society may try to rob me. Fact. Or hurt me. Fact. Or assault me. Fact. It doesn't mean that we are living in... You know that purge movie that I just it, saw. It's not Mad for. Max Beyond the fucking Thunderdome. Yeah, it's it's, it's soci- there's bad people among us, and we need to be aware of it. We need to be cognizant of their existence and yeah. guard ourselves against them. When I took a, a law class in college, I remember my professor had been a, a detective for a long time in Orange County, and he would always tell us, you know, be careful where you may find yourself in Santa Ana at night. You know, he said, I know you think you're in Orange County and you're good, but if you find yourself in Santa Ana, be careful on some of the streets that you may end up on, especially at night. And he was telling this to the whole class, not just women, but men as well, just for your safety. Be careful where you end up because crime can happen to anybody. It's not just about women. So when they say women, careful, you may get some Rohypnol slipped in your drink. That's not because it's a rape culture. It's because, well, we need to have these measures to protect ourselves from the minority criminals. Because there are shitty people around us. And by minority criminals, I didn't mean like... (laughs) (laughs) I know what you meant. The the minority among us. Yes, the minority that are criminals. are a minority. Yes. They're not the majority of human beings. Yes. (laughs) Although... (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just teasing. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. Okay, so RAIN, Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network, is especially critical of the idea that we need to focus on teaching men not to rape, which is a hallmark of the rape culture belief that we need to teach men not to rape. But this is odd to me, too, because, you know, men get these messages throughout their entire life as they're growing up. We, you know, you grow up instilled with what is right and wrong, what the laws are. How to be respectful. Of course, it's good to teach men to be respectful, but focusing on teaching men not to rape means that men are going to rape and we need to, like, stop them. It it also indicates that... Well, let me pose a question. Harry J. Rapist, who's out there, who just got convicted yesterday. This is a hypothetical character, so sorry if your name is Harry J. Rapist. 
But Harry got convicted of rape yesterday. Are we to assume he was he didn't know rape was bad? He'd never been taught rape was bad? Of course not. He knew going in, it's a, cr- a terrible, horrific crime that I'm committing. And I'm at, at, at risk of going to prison. It's not like when they went to, knocked on his door and said, uh, hey, Mr. Rapist, Mr. Harry J. Rapist, um, you raped Sally J. Rapey yesterday and... That's that's bad. He didn't like try to argue. Wait, no, it wasn't bad. That's not against the law. He knows. He fucking knows. No, Jessica Valenti just didn't teach him not to rape yet. Right. Exactly. It's it's absurd. Completely absurd and without any forethought or logic. So efforts to address rape just need to focus on the very small portion of the population that have proven themselves immune to prevention messages and you know we shouldn't be vilifying the average male well they even they go as far as to well you know they go as far as to talk about advertising and how it's a it's a leading cause of rape and you know think what you will i mean i think Brittany and i have not completely dissimilar opinions about the carl's jr burger commercials but I know she really dislikes them, and I, I don't think they're as harmful as everybody as, as some people do. So when I see those commercials of the super hot chicks suggestively eating hamburgers, I don't think in my mind, oh, oh I got to get my rape on. That oh. doesn't come to my mind. I don't think about forcibly taking sex from someone or against some, someone's will having sex with them or asking uh, McCarran's girlfriend, you know, she's in one of them, the Alabama quarterback. Oh, can I have sex with you? Oh no. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. I have no idea who are in the Carl's jr. Commercials. So that's probably a big difference between men and women. No, 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 no. It's only the one that I, it's the one I don't know. Or I know who she is because she's a nobody. And they put her in that commercial because Pat Summerall, I don't know why I'm explaining all this, but Pat Summerall mentioned her on a, uh, during a football game and was going on and on about how beautiful she was. Yeah, so the issue, though, I think with advertising isn't that it makes people want to rape. It's that it shows women as just sex objects. And it goes hand in hand with what the Robin Thicke video is. And like I said, I don't agree with the rape culture thing, but I can see the points that are made related to advertising. Those Carl's Jr. commercials are absurd. The Robin Thicke video was absurd, where the chick is on her hands and knees and is like a coffee table and they're setting stuff on her. You know, that kind of stuff is annoying. I don't think it leads to men wanting to rape people. It might lead to men thinking you know, less of women. Sometimes maybe it might be planting little seeds to kind of objectify women. And, you know, I don't know. But to label it a rape culture, I think is going way too far. I think it's absurd. Yeah. So the article finishes off by saying, by blaming so-called rape culture, we implicate all men in a social atrocity, trivialize the experience of survivors, and deflect blame from the rapists truly responsible for sexual violence. Rain explains that the trend of focusing on rape culture has the paradoxical effect of making it harder to stop sexual violence since it removes the focus from the individual at fault and seemingly mitigates personal responsibility for his or her own actions. 
Moral panic over rape culture helps no one, least of all survivors of sexual assault. College leaders, women's groups, and the White House have a choice. They can side with the thought police of the feminist blogosphere who are declaring war on Robin Thicke, the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition, male statues, and Barbie, or they can listen to the sane Council of Rain. And I would agree with that. You know, they the, the movement has... has the, the hypersensitivity police have gotten so powerful in this country that if you start talking about rape culture... You're, you're able to uh, rope in, to lasso in the the White House. They even just recently released a statement in support of new education standards for rape culture. And I don't think they use the word rape culture, but it's in concert with the message of the rape culture crowd. And it's it's ridiculous. We ha- there is no there is no endemic catastrophe. That's an organized, institutionalized, institutionally supported um, problem. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I've definitely, I've been sexually harassed before in the workplace and I've had issues with men being inappropriate with me and I have never, I've never given credit to a rape culture. I've always thought, wow. That guy was a dick. That guy who grabbed my ass at work who got fired for it. Um, He's a creep and he shouldn't have been touching me in that way. And he's a fringe. That is a weirdo that feels like he can touch women like that. (laughs) You know, I mean, I, I don't think, wow, it's I'm, I'm out in the world. No one's protecting me. All of these men are just animals that are getting ready to rape me. We're in a culture of rape where it's accepted and it's not safe for me out here. I don't feel like that. Yeah. Even though I've had experiences with it and I I guess I'm just kind of confused by the idea that we have a rape culture and it's there's tolerance for rape. I've never I've never received that message. I've never received that message as a woman. Well, I I can as a man, I can tell you that I have always thought of rape as something well horrific, but also personally, as I mentioned earlier, I am an an opponent of the death penalty. Per se, I don't think the state should have the right to take anyone's life. Um, Any government should. However, if we're going to have it, I believe rape should be a capital offense. I I think on par with murder, so is child molestation in my eyes. So I think it's a serious enough thing to murder someone, to take their life, to to, um, exact the ultimate punishment against them. And I'm a man. And I'm no different than any other dude. I enjoy the Carl's Jr. commercial as much as the next guy, and I know rape is bad. I know rape is horrific. I know rape takes something away from someone that can never be restored. So it's not a rape culture, because I'm in this culture, and I'm no different than anyone else. Well, with that, we are going to go on to our second installment of the wildly popular and wildly requested religious roundup with Brett McAfee. Howdy, y'all. Thanks for joining us at the religious roundup. Ha, <laughs> ha,
I want to welcome to the show Brett McAfee. Hello. Brett and I grew up in, well, we, we both have very similar backgrounds. We, we both have very similar belief systems relative to religion, not really politics. We, for being best friends, we, we've had a few knockdown dragouts over many, many issues over the years. He's coming but around. We, 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 <laughs> we, we come from very, very similar backgrounds that we both moved around all over the, our parents dragged us all over the country and it was just wacky shit generally went on in our, in our lives. So we see eye to eye on a lot of things and I wanted to introduce him to the show. He is definitely going to be a regular guest. He's going to be a regular contributor to the show. And there's a few things that I wanted to talk about with him today. For those of you who watch Fox News or for those of you who watch um, even Jon Stewart, for that matter, because he rails against him all the time. And I'm not an absolute Fox News hater. Don't get me wrong. I think there are genuine, legitimate news people who are employed there who, who do a good job. But largely, it's, you know, the Roger Ailes propaganda machine. Um, and they frequently proffer this idea that, you know, where... Where are the Muslims? Where are the moderate Muslims to stand out and condemn these radicals, the radical Muslims and the terrorists? They're always bringing that forward. Where are the, where are the, where are the, 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 the moderates? And Brett and I have been talking about it. You know, we have the same question for modern day Christianity, the Catholic Church. Where are your moderates? Uh, wouldn't you agree, Brett, that the, the same thing could be said? The same accusation could be made? Oh, without a doubt. You know, they're they're crying out all the time that if Islam is the the peaceful is actually a peaceful religion and these people are just extremists that are going out being terrorists, then why aren't the moderates standing up? And that's true. But looking inwardly inwardly at our own country and looking at the rampant, horrible things that are happening within the Catholic Church and the abuses that are happening e even in the Protestant religions, where are the moderates in those? In those religions, uh, why aren't they standing up? It's it's alarming to me that we've got a, a modern day. I, I can't stress that enough. A modern day Catholic Church that is and has been for years against the use of condoms, which has been scientifically proven with empirical empirical data to curb not just curb but almost eliminate the spread of AIDS when used properly, that they're against that, but they systematically, it's an institutionalized evil practice that they have to move a brutal child rapist priest from one parish to another, from one country to another, from one town to another, strictly to avoid prosecution by the authorities and also a bad reputation for the church. And right now you've got, you know, you've got this, Secularists and and, and and a lot of atheist movements and humanist movements that are standing up and they're they're putting this this stuff into the forefront of of news. They're the ones that are pressing these things forward for these priests to to come accountable and for the 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 Holy See to come up, step up, and be accountable for their actions in what they've done in the past. And things are he's happening. A, he's a C, all right. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what, what, am I, what am I trying to say? No, it, it's. It's, uh, you know, a lot of people will, they'll come, they'll combat us and why are you so against religion and are you just bitter and, and, you know, that's, 
I, I, I think I can speak for you because when I speak for myself, often you have the same opinion about these things. It's, I, I, I am not ashamed to say that I am trying with everything that I have, trying to influence people away from religion and to see the folly of their ways and the folly that is belief in imaginary gods. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's what, what should be happening. And I think that the, the point that, that we're trying to make here is there are millions of Catholics in this country and in neighboring countries that, that are moderate, that don't like the things that are happening, but do they, do they speak out about it? And so that's what, that's what we're asking. Why is it, why is it on the uh, secularists to stand up uh, against the Holy See and, and fight these things when it should be coming from within the church itself? These people who, who, who practice this, their religion um, so fervently and, and believe that what's going on is wrong, not standing up is chicken shit and it's cowardice. And well, it's it's akin to, you know, there, there's a quote that's misattributed to uh, Edmund Burke, and I have it tattooed on my arm. And of course, you, you know that it's the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And it might be a little bold to say I live my life by this. But, you know, look, I'm not gay and I don't really have a dog in the fight, but I have been and you have too, very outspoken about gay rights very outspoken about lifting the ban, this archaic, bronze-aged, backwards-ass ban on gay marriage. This entire way of thinking has been promulgated by the church. It is strictly a religious ideal that gay marriage should be illegal, like it's damaging anyone's marriage. When you and I both know so many Christians who, I mean, let's face it, have been married and divorced yes. countless times. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, that's getting into the uh, the hypocrisy of of these um, acolytes that that follow Christianity in any in any form. So many don't seem to have any problem whatsoever with getting married and divorced multiple times, um, of which I know so, I know many. Jesus himself so, but, spoke against it. But back to my, I guess I don't want to get off on a tangent. But back to my point that. If you stand by, if you're that moderate Catholic, and we haven't even talked about the moderate Protestants and the issues with the prosperity movement in Christianity, but if you, do, in fact, that's a that's a great point. There are many movements on the other side of the Christian aisle, the Protestant side, that people they just sit by and, and let it happen. I don't, you know, the studio here is is just. A stone's throw away from the Trinity Broadcasting Network headquarters, TBN in Costa Mesa, California, in beautiful Orange County. And I don't see throngs of moderate Christians out there protesting and picketing them. And they uh, should. An organization that, that is bilking money from little old ladies who don't have the means. And they should. They absolutely should. Jesus Christ himself, again, as he spoke against divorce, spoke against, spoke against being wealthy, you know, I mean, he, he spoke against it frequently, and, but besides that, I mean, besides the hypocrisy of, of them, the folks that are doing it, uh, lies the hypocrisy and the complacency of those who practice Protestant Christianity who are doing nothing. They're doing nothing to stand against this, this inherent, disgusting evil that's they, going they on. They need to take, they need to take a page out of their, their, their main man's playbook, Jesus Christ, 
And Jesus, as as described in the Bible, was a guy who did stand up against the 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 the, the status quo of the day. He stood against the leadership of the church. He stood against the Joel Austins of his church. He stood against the Pope of his church at the time. He he made a change in the social paradigm of the day. He did that single-handedly. And if you if you want to emulate him, if you want to what would Jesus do yourself, then do it. Stand up. Make a mark. Don't be the person who does nothing, stands there and does nothing because you're complicit if you do. There's got to be a it's there's probably a fear whether whether it's it's conscious fear or subconscious fear, but a fear probably of standing against even even things within the church that Christians disagree with, like the prosperity message, which is gross and and it's, needs to be it's done away with. Antithetical to what Jesus taught. Absolutely, but there maybe there's some fear, some you know, like I said, probably well, subconscious fear that that they don't want to stand against their own their their own brothers and sisters, so to speak, because they might be wayward. Uh, because they they can see their own belief system every day crumbling around them. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think it also would would go back to the the some of the motivation behind the Catholic Church doing you know institutionally evil things by moving rapists, br- people who rape innocent children. You're taking something away from someone who has done nothing. You're raping. It's Horrible. There, there's almost no crime worse than that. And the Catholic Church lets it go. I think part of the reason is because of the bad name that would befall the church. So they would rather exactly push it under the rug, sweep sweep the rapists under the rug, and sweep the rape under the rug, the abuse under the rug, than because it you know the, the the condemnation of the world is going to come down on the Catholic Church and their reputation yeah. will be tainted. Yeah, they just hope it's all going to shake out. You know, <laughs> hey, leave it leave it to the humanists and the atheists that are uh, that are, you know, that are out there uh, defending the children. You know, they'll take care of it. In the meantime, we'll just go to church and pretend like it's not happening. Listen, they want to call me bitter. They want to call me jaded. They want to call me angry at God. They can call me that all day long, but until they stand up and join me in condemning the behavior, that behavior or the behavior on the Protestant side of all the other bullshit that goes on, then you know what? I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm fine being called bitter because I am bitter about it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm fine. Yeah, and I'm fine going after after all other aspects. You know, if if a, if, a, if a Christian wants to come to me and say, you know, hey, I live my life pretty good. I'm not doing. I'm not going out there. I haven't had a conversation with a Christian who said this, but if they did, I'm not out raping kids or, you know, getting rich off of old women's social security checks. So why are you on me? Well, what are you doing to fight against it? What are you doing to fight against your own quote unquote brothers and sisters that are that are committing these fucking atrocities? What are you doing? And until you stand up and really do something, then your religion is meaningless to me, and I'm going to fight against every aspect of it. It's like that quote we did in that last in that last video that you know they they came for the for the socialists and I wasn't a socialist so I didn't say anything and they came for the trade unionists and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a trade unionist they came for the Jews and I said nothing because I wasn't a Jew and when it came time for those fuckers to come for me there wasn't anybody else to stand for me yeah it, it comes down to that it's are you going to do something or are you going to sit back because you don't want to tarnish the name of your great church. If if your faith is that strong, 
it should be able to withstand some criticism. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my favorite topics. Defensive Christians get get that oxymoron. You know, if you're a person of faith, you know, wrap your mind around that oxymoron. Well, listen, gravity doesn't need to be defended. Yeah. <laughs> if someone says, "Yeah, I don't believe in gravity," you say, uh, "Okay, awesome, <laughs> weirdo." Yeah. If, if you say, it's like I had a comment on a YouTube video the other day, and they were telling me how eager they were for me to burn in hell. Yeah, I, I should pull it up. It's, <laughs> it's a beauty. Yeah, it's good stuff right there. I love, uh, well, just that idea that, I mean, because you talk to so many of these Christians, and they, um, well, my faith is unshakable. My belief in Christ cannot be rocked, no matter how much evidence and proof that you show me. That is a direct quote from a Christian I've talked to before, by the way. Think about yeah, that. Yeah. No matter how much proof you show me, my faith will not be rocked. Well, if that's true, then why the hell are you defensive in any way? What? There's nothing, like I said, you don't defend gravity. It's what it is. If you right. don't believe it, yeah, okay, whack job. This, I wanted to read this, what this uh, Christian said in response to my uh, proof the Christian God is not real video. She says, shut the fuck up, seriously, without God we are dead, and I can't wait to see you go to hell. Read the frickin' Bible. We can't see God because we are not perfect, and the only way to get to him is through his son, Jesus Christ. And he's very disappointed. I, li- I like that we're so imperfect, but she knows the mind of God. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, and he is very disappointed. And he, does the, he, he did those things because they're meant for a reason. He's talking, she's referring to all the genocide and, and rape and murder and uh, terrible shit that went on in the Bible. He did those things because they were meant for a reason. And then she ends it with a beautiful litany of capitalized words. So shut the fuck up and go to hell. The devil wants you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you know what I really appreciate about, about this person is that they took, they took the ironclad ideas that, that we put forth in that video. Uh, proof that God doesn't exist. Uh, she took the ironclad arguments and, and she really laid out some, some well thought out counter arguments to what yeah. we said. She's, uh, it really gave me pause for a moment to think, God, am I wrong about all, everything I'm saying? Well, you know, when I read the comment, I thought to myself, everything else I was like, yeah, no big deal. But when she said that God's very disappointed, <laughs> he was not just disappointed, he's very disappointed. Oh. That, that really, that, oh, that's, that got me. That really got me. That stings. <laughs> I got a lump in my throat. Oh, no. Oh, no, Daddy, you're not. I don't want you to be disappointed in me. I think that she so. might be one of those moderate Christians that we're talking about that, uh, you know, <laughs> spending your time telling me to go get fucked. But, you know, why don't you turn yourself inward and at your own twisted, fucking maniacal, uh, child-raping and prosperity preaching, old lady check stealing religion, and spend a little energy and time and telling those people to go get fucked. Yeah, you know it's not just, and we were just picking one specific aspect from either flavor of Christianity, Catholicism and Protestantism, but it's a mouthful. You know, th- yeah, yeah, it is. Especially when your mouth doesn't work all the time. <laughs> uh, but there's not just one Joel Austin. In the in the Protestant side, you've got your the late Paul Crouch, and now his his mustachioed son. <laughs> he's leading the charge now, bilking little old ladies out of their social security checks. They're stealing from the least among us. There's something 
intrinsically, and I don't like to use the word evil because I don't, I, I struggle with that. Is there, listen, if it's an institutional, uh, an organized effort to, to hurt someone else, to take from someone who doesn't have, when you have so much, that's evil. There's something wrong with that. I would say, I would say using it colloquially is, uh, is, is, is fine and apropos to what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's, it's Paul Crouch, the Paul Crouches, the Benny Hens, the, the Pat Robertsons who gets on his show and says that, uh, well, you know, he cheated on you. Hey, well, you know, he's a man. Man, man. You should forgive him. Men are going to be men. Uh, maybe you're not, maybe you're not being a good enough wife to him. I think, she, I think that the point that you make about, about, um, taking from the least of us, I think that that is the most, I think that's very salient and I think should probably be re- reiterated numerous times when trying to get this across because with these prosperity message, uh, messaging, message people, this is one of those things. It is, it is widely known in, within Christendom, um, within Catholicism and even within Protestantism that these prosperity people, they're, they're separate from a lot of these other folks, a lot of these other folks that, that are, they have their own fucked up ideas, but they know that the idea of prosperity message is wrong. They know that it takes advantage of the little old ladies and it takes advantage of the least of us. That's important. And what are they doing about it? What are they saying about it? They're hardly doing anything and saying anything And a good, and a, 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 to, to back up my point, Char- Charisma magazine, which is an evangelical magazine, um, had set, had, did have a couple of articles very minute, very rare, um, to talk about how they were evading taxes and and it was wrong what they're doing according to scripture. But they were always buried in the magazine and it was always very rare. But when Paul, Paul Crouch died, they didn't say a fucking word about any of it. What they did is yeah. they propped him up on this on this I don't know, not an altar, but a, 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 a they just propped him up in front of everybody who to all the people who read that magazine and said, "What a great man." Of God, this was. It was. It was Paul's ornate, golden, encrusted pedestal. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm sure he had many of them uh, molded and built in, in one of their many mansions. I'm. Sh- I, I think his his wacky ass wife Jan Crouch actually had some custom made gold leafed pedestals made for her dogs. Just and they probably installed them in that that motorhome that she bought just for the dogs. Yeah, exactly. Jesus for pink-haired, wacky-ass, come on. <laughs> well, it's a good, you know, but, perfect opportunity, though, for a magazine that's widely read by, uh, by millions of Christians, evangelical Christians, perfect opportunity for them to speak out, those moderate Christians, yeah. speak out and do something right. And what do they do? They cower. They chicken shit. Well, they do the wrong thing. Not only did they cower, not only did they act like chicken shits, they, did, they went the opposite way. They lauded him and heaped praise upon him. As though he had, he had been such a venerable character. When he is a charlatan, he was, and apparently the organization continues on in its charlatan ways, and they're profiting, greatly profiting on the backs of the, the faithful who all they want to do is, is be closer to their, to what they believe is God. And, and it's, it's a sad thing. And, you know, conversely, going back to the other flavor, Catholicism, they're also working against and harming, horribly harming the least 
among us, the most delicate and innocent among us. You know, it's it's one thing to, to brainwash a kid and to indoctrinate a kid into a wacky faith. It's another thing to rape them yeah. and to cover it up and to make them feel shame that you you did something wrong. Well, I think it's important to point out, though, Jesse, that you're being a little extreme because the Bible doesn't say anything specifically about raping boys. It, it, it's men lying with men, so if it's a boy, yeah. it doesn't, you know, come on. That's all right, and the priest can't be with women or females because that would be a sin, so let's not get ridiculous. What are they supposed to do? It's not no, rape also, boys? <laughs> yeah, come on. Sorry. It's also in the Bible, it's also in the Bible that, you know, the Ten Commandments doesn't say anything about rape. Yeah, I ripped that off from South Park. I just feel like I need to say that. Oh, yeah, you better give them credit. Yeah, so... When uh, when the priest goes to uh, goes to the Holy See yeah. in the Vatican and he's, he's around the table and they're like, well, what are you what are you saying that we're you we're not supposed to rape boys? What? <laughs> I love how they shit on the shit on the Catholic Church. Yeah, me too. I love how they shit on the religion in general. I mean, come on. Well, the, those are guys. Those are guys who get a bad rap, but they're doing something. They're getting the message out there. Okay. And really, that's what I hope this podcast is going to do is get the word out there and advance the conversation. I keep talking about how this is a wonderful vehicle for a conversation and to further the conversation, and that's what I really hope to do. Because obviously the onus must be on us as non-practicing religious people to point out the child rape is wrong in your religion. Moderate, yeah. moderate religious people who aren't saying anything. Where are they? I wish I could have callers. I wish so much that this was a live radio broadcast that some radio station would have the balls to put us on so I could get some, some feedback. Why? Why is there no one? Hmm. Put a face. Put a face to your opinion, not just hiding in your living room and not saying anything. Yeah, and I think it's another great point, too, that you make um, in the in the hopes that this I think for my part, the reason I want to be a part of this uh, this endeavor of yours is, you know, in the hopes that there are moderate Christians out there that are listening, that, um, you know, what you said at the beginning of the of the program, that Jesus's mission when he came was to rail against the extremism and the barbarism and the shit that existed within religion at that time. That's what he did. You know, Christians like to get get all proud and calling calling him the original rebel. Well, Take a note from his book. Uh, I'm happy to let you, you know, take a note from his book. Stand up, man. Fucking say something. Say something against the institution that's going on today that is rampantly evil. It's this, it's these same people, and obviously this is speculation, but if this Jesus was to come back and walk amongst men, I would be willing to put money on it that a many, many, most, the vast majority of Christians would have nothing to do with that dirty hippie. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. <laughs> they wouldn't let him through the doors of their church because he wasn't wearing the, the right jeans or the right suit. Well, fuck. He didn't he, talk the right way. If he showed up in, on, on a donkey, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't even get into the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> you, you know it's, it's an nuts. odd thing. You, you think you think being the son of God, he would have been able to afford like a you know at least like a, a DeLorean or something cool. A fucking camel, a Jesus Christ! Yeah, man. Come on, 
by the way, well, I don't want to get into the theology, but the, the, go ahead. Well, it's totally off topic, but it was the way that um, it's the way that Christ self fulfilled. It's a Judeo, it's a Ju- oh, Judaism yeah, thing that he, he knew the Bible so well. He se- he went and looked at all of the prophecies, and he self fulfilled these prophecies, <laughs> which oh, funny stuff. It's well, it's it's funny that it never gets talked about, and that's definitely a topic for another time. Yeah, uh, we could go on for uh, for another. This has been you know t- over twenty minutes, and we could have gone. We could go on for another twenty minutes just on uh, what we're still talking about. So, no um, I want to thank Brett for taking some time out of his day to to Skype in with me. He will definitely be back. It's a pleasure, man. Fighting the good fight <laughs> since the goddamn moderates aren't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's not the first time we've, uh, we're doing the Christian's job for him. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So this is uh, Jesse Dollimore, and I doubt it, and we'll be right back. Well, through the magic, <laughs> the wonderful magic of editing and uh, audio programming with computers and such, since I'm a dumbass who doesn't know really anything about it, here we are. We're back. Hello. Brittany... Sat while Brett and I talked. I that, did. That didn't happen. Anyway, uh, we want to thank you for listening to the show. Again, um, without your support, and without your subscriptions, none of this would be possible because we would just be talking to dead air and that wouldn't be very effective or motivating relative to having a show. Yeah, not at all. So we, again, would, would really ask for your, your support. Spread the word. Help us out. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That is super helpful. Helps c- keep us in the the new and noteworthy section right on the front page, so randoms can stumble upon the show and listen. Um, if you have a disagreement with us, which we know you do, we know somebody does. Come on, guys. Well, we know there's the uh, the secret listeners, the people who will never admit that they listen, uh, will never comment or like the Facebook. We know this is happening, so. You can right. call in no, and listen. disguise your voice. That's right. We, I don't know. There's no caller ID on it. So here's the deal. I know I'm speaking to you. You know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. I know you listen to the show. This is getting weird. No, it's not. Because they, he and she, both know that I'm talking to them. I know you listen to the show. So if you have a disagreement, call. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Listen, if you disagree, and you can proffer a intelligent argument, and I think you might be good on the show, we'll pipe you in via Skype, and we'd love to have you on. I'd love to debate some of these topics with a with a listener, um, especially if you're you have some brains rattling around inside your head and can. Uh, find a logical thought with two hands and a flashlight or one hand and a flashlight because if you have two hands you really aren't holding a flashlight god damn i'm dumb it pro- you'll probably have an easy time defeating me in an argument or a debate <laughs> because i'm a moron Uh-oh. for Brittany page bye i'm jesse dollimore and we appreciate you listening to i doubt it.